0: Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode. As you saw in the title, it is Lord or Life Coach. And I. this is something that God's been kind of talking to me about lately. And um, yeah, I, I, you know me. You know that if God is speaking something to me, I'm like, well, the chances are he's speaking to someone else or if he is encouraging me in an area, I'm like, maybe someone else needs encouragement in this area. So I kind of just tend to take it down and then get really excited to share it with all of you. So Um, Hopefully this is for, I really believe that this is going to be for some of you guys. And yeah, I'm really excited. So I want to just jump right in. But first of all, I just want to thank you guys because there are so many of you who have reached out over the last year since I started this podcast, even in my absence, you know, when I had Ashton and I took... I think it was six months off, um, and there were some (laughs) struggles keeping it consistent after that um, in this last year in 2021, and you guys have just been so wonderful, so encouraging. Um, It's really meant the world to me. I'm a Words of Affirmation person. Um, If you listen to any of my other podcasts, you know that a lot of my um, struggles have been with self-doubt, self-worth, value what am I adding to the world, purpose, things like that. And um, while well, that is entirely my journey with God, it's not or no one else is responsible for making me feel secure and what he's called me to do or confident or anything like that, I have to just do a quick shout out to all of you who have sent in messages and been like, oh my gosh, episode 12 so blessed me or this episode really spoke to me because it just – it's encouraging when you're when you're being vulnerable and throwing something out into the world, hoping that it sticks somewhere. When you do get those messages back or just that reassurance that people are encouraged by it, it gives you all the more fuel to keep going, motivation to keep going, and just it kind of like fuels the fire. And so my fire is burning really hot right now, and I'm just so excited for today's podcast, and I just am really believing that it's going to bless one of you guys. So obviously it's titled Lord or Life Coach, and this is something that God's been speaking to me about. Um, I'm just going to read you the definition of life coach real quick. Life coach, a person who counsels and encourages clients or people and or people on matters having to do with career or personal changes. A life coach, a person who counsels and encourages clients and people on matters having to do with career or personal changes. Now, we have a friend who's a life coach. I have friends who have life coaches. I actually have a couple friends who are life coaches now that I think about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with a life coach. A life coach, you know, like it says in the definition, um, they encourage and counsel people on matters having to do with career and personal changes. So when usually when you sit down with a life coach, it's like, well, what are your goals? What are your desires? Where do you want to be? And then they're a great person to check in with and they encourage you to keep going towards your goals, keep going towards um, who you wanna be, what you wanna be, what you wanna become, all of that, which is great. The difference is, let me read the definition of Lord. Lord, one having power and authority over others, a ruler by heredity, right, or preeminence to whom service and obedience are due. When it comes to a life coach, they're not, or a counselor or a therapist or a family member, they're not do anything. You know what I mean? Like you don't owe them your obedience. You don't owe them your service. A life coach, you are paying. Therefore, they owe you something. You know what I mean? Because you are going to them for help. You're showing up with the mentality of, hey, you have a skill set and you're my encourager. So encourage me. But if something or if someone is your Lord, They have power and authority over you. They rule you. They're due your obedience and your service. And the reason why I bring that up is if you're a believer, which category is Christ in for you? Because for me as a Christian, there were many years where where I put God in the life coach category. I wanted him to encourage me and counsel me in the decisions that I was choosing to make. I was not submitted to him as my Lord, as the ruler of my life. I was the ruler of my life. And I was still a Christian. This is not me being like, you know, a heathen, pagan, whatever, you know, trying to just do my own thing. No, I was trying to be submitted to God. But if I'm being honest, what that looked like for me was, Lord, I want you to encourage me and counsel me in the things I've already chosen to do. And even if you told me to do something else, I probably wouldn't listen because I'm really, I'm super invested in this relationship. So instead of being fully submitted as the ruler of my life, hey, Lord, as the ruler of my life and not as a mean dictatorship God, but as a God who's a loving, loving father who has the best life for me, is this relationship what you have for me? Is this best for me and this other person? And then when he would say no, would I submit to the fact that he's the Lord of my life and say, and go to that person and say, I'm so sorry, like this just isn't working. It's not right for me. I wish you all the best, but I have to move on with my life. Did I do that? No, I didn't do that. And Do you know how much pain and suffering I could have avoided if I was submitted to Christ as my Lord my entire life? So I just want you to ask yourself real quick. Maybe you've never even thought about this before, but if you're a Christian, is Jesus in the life coach category, or is he truly the Lord of your life? In Romans um, chapter 14, verse eight, it says, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Are you truly living for the Lord? Like if people from the outside were looking in, would they tell, wow, she's living or he's living for something? amazing? Or does it look like you're living for yourself? Are you living for yourself and your desires? Are you living for God's heart, what he desires? Do you go to Christ in reverence and respect before and in all you do? Do you consult him or do you more just want him to be there as your cheerleader, encouraging what you've already decided to do? I, I had this idea or this thought where I think we've all heard the term like, the game of life, right? So let's just say life is a game, for example, football. Now, if we want to win, really, like if we really want to win, think we're going to the Super Bowl, right? Like think you can athletically do it. You're you're there. You're at the biggest game. The, you're, you're, you're in it. Who's going to help you win more, a cheerleader or a coach? And I mean this in the way of a life coach is kind of like a cheerleader and God should be our coach. A cheerleader keeps us motivated to keep playing, but a coach will show us how to win. See, the coach has the playbook. The coach knows strategy. A coach knows what the opposing team's tactics are because the coach has studied the, I mean, we'll just say the enemy, right? even though in football we're not looking at the other team as the enemy, but let's just say hypothetically. Life is a game. We're playing to win, right? And what I mean to win is we're playing for peace, for joy, for happiness, for a fulfilled and successful marriage, for children that love God, who are happy and contributing to society in a powerful and wholesome and wonderful way, who are blessing and helping and compassionate and empathetic. Like that is what I think winning. Winning is having the blessings and the finances to be a blessing. You know, a coach can guide and direct you. And I just think we can't get frustrated when our life isn't going the way we want or we aren't, quote, winning when we have God in the stands. Because the thing is, cheerleaders, the people in the stands, they don't have access to the players during the game when it counts and when it's so important When the time on the clock is ticking down, which I view as like our life clock ticking down, our days are numbered and I don't know how long I have. But if I have God in the stands who can't even come onto the field with me and let me know, hey, don't run that route. Run this route. I know you can't see it, but this is what the enemy or the opposing team is so prone to do. They're going to see that and they're going to get you. They're going to sack you. They're going to tackle you. Coaches are on the field with you. They can call you over to the bench and say, hey, do this. Hey, go left. Hey, you know what I mean? And I was telling Kellen about this um, the other day we were talking about this. And he said, you know, he goes, quarterbacks often have like earpieces in their ear because the coach can talk to them when they're actually on the field. They don't even have to call them over to the bench necessarily. But in order for a quarterback to hear the coach, he goes, you'll see and once he said it, I was like, oh, yeah, because I watch football with him. He goes, but the quarterback will have to block out the other noise. He'll have to cover his ears, you know, cup one ear and block out the noise with the other one and really listen for the coach's direction. It's not easy. Sometimes when you get a when you get a, a play at the bench, by the time you run out, they think of something better. Or they're like, wait, no, I see the formation that they're going in. Let's let's call a different play. So you constantly have to have your ear at your head coach. You constantly have to be listening for what he's saying. And another thing that he said, which um Kellen said, which I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. He said, Don't be afraid to call a timeout. If you're not hearing correctly, if you're in the middle of the game, if you're in the middle of life, if you're in the middle of a situation, And you felt like God told you something and now you're like, wait, I don't know if I heard you right, or you're trying to press in and there's just too much noise. Don't be afraid to just time out and go back to God, run over to the bench and be like, okay, Lord, wait, now let's be, let's get together. Let's get face to face, get close in proximity, get close to him and ask him, say, Lord, okay, what did you say? Are you sure you said that? Let me repeat it back to you. Is that what we're doing? Because it's only when you're close to God that you can really hear his voice super clearly. So if you're in the middle of a relationship that you're like, I just don't know anymore. Take a time out. Pause. Instead of going on a date, instead of just take a time out, pause. Give yourself one night to date God. Give yourself a night to instead of hanging out with that person, or maybe it's your job. Take a weekend. Take a Saturday or whatever time you don't, you're not working and go to work with God. You know what I mean? Basically, invest that time that you would be spending on the thing that you're just confused about and spend that time with God. Get with him and say, hey, Lord, I acknowledge you as the Lord of my life. You're the ruler and you are due my obedience and my reverence because you're so good. You saved me. Lord, as a believer, I want to live a life that is surrendered to you because I know in faith, even if I don't know what it looks like, I know what your word says. And I know in faith, you have the best life for me. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you and they're plans to prosper. God has plans to prosper us, to give us hope in a future. Who does not want to be hopeful for the future? Who doesn't want to look forward to what's to come? So I just want to encourage you, even if you can't see exactly what that is, that's what faith is. Just pressing in, digging deep and being like, Lord, I don't know what the future looks like, but what I do know is that you have all my days in your hand. You have my days numbered and I don't want to spend a second, I don't want to spend a single day or a moment away from your plan. So my encouragement to you is to just go all in. And I basically, you know, I think it's really, I I did an Instagram post about this a little while ago, but it's like, I know that people look at my life and they say, okay, like, what does she know? She's married to a celebrity. She lives in a nice house in a nice neighborhood. Um, She financially is set up. She has a great family. Um, She has her baby. You know, there's all these things that you can look at my life now and say, well, she has it, she has it all, you know, right? Like she has everything. You guys, this didn't just magically happen. Like I've been through the ringer, and often it was at my own hand because I wasn't submitted. God was not the Lord of my life. Christ, Jesus was not the Lord. He was like my life coach. I would consult him on personal matters. I would, I would say, Hey Lord, let's collaborate. Like we're in this together. We're a team. I was not submitted like, okay, Lord, I am just a player and you're my head coach. Tell me what play to do. And he's given us free will. I'm not talking about being a robot or a puppet. I mean, he's created us with desires and unique giftings and creative talents and all these beautiful things that he wants us to explore. But what I'm saying is in everything, was I surrendered to him? No. I would have avoided so much heartache, especially in the way of relationships, friendships and romantic relationships, had I been submitted and surrendered to him. There were moments when I was not and I was asking God, God, can you please? I wasn't submitting and asking, hey, Lord, what do you think about this relationship? Is this of you? What I was saying was, God, I'm so invested. I've given so much of myself. I can't, I really do love this person. Instead of asking him, hey, in submission, you're the ruler of my life. Is this who you have for me? No, I was asking more, hey, God, can you bless this, please? Can you change your will to meet what I want? Because I don't want to hurt this person. I don't want to hurt myself. I've invested so much. I've racked up some more wounds Yes, the amazing man that I thought I wanted to marry, he wouldn't want me now. I'm too messed up. I'm too jacked up. I'm too used. I'm too abused. I'm too all these things. So can you, but this guy is in front of me right now and he loves me. He wants to marry me. So can you please, please, please just bless this? And he never would. And sometimes I'd get frustrated, but what I'm trying to encourage you and tell you is that the moment that I submitted, the moment that I truly was like, okay, you're the Lord of my life and I'm going to try this. I'm going to go all in with you being the Lord of my life. I'm going to go all in in my submission. I'm going to go all in with checking on, checking with you on every decision I make. If I don't feel hesitation, I'm just going to do what I feel is right. But the moment I feel you say, don't do that. Don't text that person. Don't respond to that text. Don't take that job. You need to quit this job. Whatever it is, I'm going to just do it. And I'm just going to try. I'm just going to see how how it works. And do you know I have never been, yes, there were some painful moments. Because God was like, nope, you can't do that. And it broke my heart. So I'm like, I really want to do this. Or he said, yeah, you got to break up with that person. Or not even break up, but you need to stop talking to them. Period. You need boundaries. It was painful. It was painful for me. It was painful for the other person. But the encouragement in that is when you submit to God's will and you're not trying to inflict your own will on the situation or on your life, there's something beautiful that happens. You're abiding under the shadow of His wing. You're so covered. You're so protected. You're so close to Him. Your faith grows your relationship with him grows. All of a sudden, you're like, I am feeling amazing. The coolest thing for me is the more I submitted to God, the more healed I got, and the more I did not attract unhealed people. I realized, oh my gosh, the reason why I was such a good compliment to these other people or that I was attracted to them, or that I could see their potential and I wanted to help them so much. I could see what God had for their life and maybe I can be the catalyst. Maybe I can be their life coach, their cheerleader. You guys, there is no substitute for God in our life or in anyone else's. We can't be God for someone else. We can see the giftings and the talents in another person, whether it's a best friend or a boyfriend, But we can't bring that out of them. Only God can. And only when they submit to God can that happen. And I could see these amazing qualities in these people. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I can be the one to bring it out of them. But that was my unhealth. Probably desiring someone else to see the potential in me and bring it out of me. Because I didn't want to submit to God. Because I knew that in doing that, I would have to face some hard things that I didn't want to face. But all I can tell you is that it's so worth it. Submitting, yeah, there are some painful moments because you know what? God basically does open heart surgery on you when you submit fully. He's like, hey, you have some wounds. You have some scar tissue. You have some things in there. You have some blockages. Are you ready to let me heal you? And it takes a lot of will to be like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And he will open up your heart and he will clear things out. He will clear the blockages. He will clear out that scar tissue from those scars. He will make it like it's whole and new. But surgery is painful. Even though at the end, it is so helpful. I I completely, in high school, I tore my shoulder up. Rotator cuff, tendons, I tore so much. Eventually, four years later, I ended up getting surgery because it would it wasn't healing. Probably partially my fault, but it was a severe injury and it wasn't healing. So every day I could get through life and it was fine. I could, I could make do. I could use my arm for things. I could do stuff. But I knew surgery was the answer because surgery went in and they corrected all of the things that were damaged. They got rid of the scar tissue and the things that weren't supposed to be there. And it hurt for about six weeks. I was in a giant sling with a huge block and a ball to squeeze so that I could keep my blood going because I wasn't supposed to move my arm. And it was uncomfortable. But now my shoulder is better than ever. I can do more now than I could before the surgery. And I think that's what God wants to do with our hearts is he's like, hey, you can only love to a certain capacity right now because your heart is broken or you have some scar tissue from some some past wounds. Are you going to let me come in and clean it up Yes, it will be painful to cut off certain relationships. That always hurts. It hurts them and it hurts you. And that's not fun. But sometimes that's a result of the, it's a consequence of the decisions that we've made, the choices that we've made. It just happens. And it sucks. But sometimes that's just what it is. But when he gets to come in, you will find that you're healing so whole. You're no longer attracted to the same friends, attracted to the same guys, attracted to the same jobs, or attract. You're not attracting the old you. You're attracting what God has for you. And friends, there is nothing like it in the whole world. I have severely blown it over my life. I've messed up. I've gone into debt. I've dated the wrong people. I have fallen in love with the wrong people. So I thought, um was love and it wasn't love it was a makeshift love because god is love and if god is not in it it's not truly love people are operating on their the best that they can do and there's no fault against them at all but if you know god's love any relationship that doesn't have god in it is going to be a little disappointing it's going to fall a little short because you're not doing the same thing you're not chasing the same goals when i met kellen kellen and i were both submitted we both decided No, Jesus is our Lord. Now, did we fluctuate back and forth? And did we have to kind of course correct a few times in our relationship? And do we still do that with each other? Yes, because we're not perfect. We're definitely far from perfect. But the cool thing was our goals were the same. Our goal is to keep Christ, the Lord of our life, the Lord of our marriage, the center pillar of our household. And so because we both have that same goal, we check in with each other. When it's personal life and it's like, hey, um, I see you're being a little fleshy today. <laughs> Do you need to check with God? Is he the Lord of your life today? And you're like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. And then you get to repent to God, repent to each other, and then everything is beautiful again. But this life I have, this beautiful, full, fulfilling, now it has its pain points and it's hard sometimes and it's not easy and I could definitely tell you stories of a lot of things that are, are messed up and not good, but as a whole, my life is wonderful. And I can tell you with complete certainty that it is because I'm surrendered. It is because I decided to take God out of the life coach category, which is just someone who's counseling me in my, in my career, and my relationships. And I moved God into the Lord category. Like you're the ruler of my life and my obedience and service are due to you. And it doesn't make sense because for a lot of people, it's like, gosh, that sounds so um, restricting. It sounds like I can't breathe. It sounds controlling. But that's the irony of anything kingdom related because there's a cheap counterfeit for everything that God has created. When you think about the controlling, the tyranny, all of that. Yeah, down here in a fallen world, that's 100% what it would be. You should never submit to any man as like the ruler of your life because they're not perfect. And as much as they probably want to or even, I mean, whether they do or don't, they're not going to bat a thousand on decisions for your life. They might want the best for you, but that doesn't mean they actually know the best for you in every moment. The difference is God does. You can't compare a perfect and holy father to a fallen world. So that's the thing. And that's and that's the hard part. That's where you have to take that leap of faith and take that risk and say, okay, I'm going all in. And that's what I did. I was like, this doesn't make sense to my normal human cerebral brain. But I say I want to live a kingdom life. And kingdom is very counterculture, if not the complete opposite to what I've been doing. So if what I've been doing is bringing me heartache and not fulfillment, then maybe I do the opposite and just see what happens. And you guys, it's the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. And I'm not trying to convince you of anything at all. You know my heart is just to share my experience. Because if it worked for me, it might work for you. I mean, I believe it will 100%. But it's the same way if I was looking for an answer or solution for something and someone's like, this totally worked. I would be so grateful that they shared. So that's my heart in all of this is just to share. But just know I love you guys. I always just want to be here to encourage you. Um, I love you. I pray for you. And I really, really hope that this encouraged you. And it's just that reminder that as a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, a believer, if you're trying to grow in your relationship with God, just ask yourself, what category do you maybe have God in right now? Is he your life coach that you consult with and you kind of act like you hired him to help you with your life? Or is he your Lord? Do you look at him as with reverence and respect as you're the ruler of my life, so if you say no to something, I'm done. And I think it takes practice to get to that point. But what I can tell you is that with practice, it gets easier and easier and easier, and you will never regret it. There is never one, there's not one regret that I've had when God said, hey, don't do that. I might not have understood it in the moment, but when all was said and done, I was like, thank you so much. You helped me dodge a huge bullet or you saved my life. It's absolutely incredible. So anyways, I hope that this blessed you and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.